05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Championship Championship Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. We got Jay Nixon, my man, in Texas. Uh, where in Texas again? You know what? I'm actually from Texas. A little from tiny Texas. Town, yeah, a tiny town called Cisco, which is kind of between Abilene and Fort Worth. But I actually live in Palm Springs, California now. I live in Palm Springs. That's right. I do remember yeah. that. Now you said I, I just uh, remembered us talking about Texas in your days growing up there. And Texas at heart, though, man. I was born in Texas. Love Texas. You know, grew high school. The whole you still yards, sound so. like you're from Texas. So. Yeah, I still got I still got a little twang every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You can't lose that. No. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to be on your show uh, not that long ago. And yeah. that, was, that was awesome. So I like to kick it off this way with, uh, you know, championship leadership is the name of the podcast. So what comes to mind for you when you hear championship leadership? What's that mean to you? God, man, so many things like I, you know, I immediately we just started talking about Texas. So I just had like a flashback mm-hmm. to like, you know, growing up and, and, you know, when you grow up in Texas, like you just naturally play football, even, you know, before you can walk. And so (laughs) a lot of the leadership for me early on came from like coaches. And so, you know, I think of like coachability, you know, and I think about now, you know, considering myself as a coach and a leader, like one of the number one, you know, components and values that I feel like I have to have is still unbelievable coachability. And so, you know, when I think about leadership like that, I think of, you know, integrity, you know, doing the things that that you ask other people to do, living that life authentically. And that's what I remember back about, you know, some of my coaches, you know, I think you think of a couple that just come to mind that were really pivotal and instrumental in, in my growth and development and probably who I am today, just based on how they consistently showed up with the same messaging, the same commitment, the same energy. Yeah. And I think that's that's what championship leadership is in a nutshell, is if you look at the, the t- you know, let's look at, let's use football as analogies yeah. since we're kind of in football season. Like, you yeah. know, Bill Belichick is probably not regarded as the most, you know, he's not Teddy Bearish. He's not soft. <laughs> he's not going to give you a hug. But if he's anything and Saban the same way, they would both be considered, yeah. you know, two at the top of their craft. Yep. consistently committed to the same messaging over and over and over again, regardless yeah. of who they're coaching. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is a big point. Yeah. Right. 
doesn't matter. It's consistent. You know who you're going to get every single day. You, you, you told the story when we last talked about Bobby Bowden. You got yeah. him. He's he's another one of those. Rest in peace, Bobby Bowden. What uh, what was that again? Because that what that left a big mark on you, from what I remember. Yeah, right? you know what? I you know, growing up in Texas back then, I don't even know if it's still this way now, but like the the UIL was like they wouldn't let Texas kids participate in camps. Like we couldn't go to a football camp. That's so weird in don't Texas. Go, in Texas, <laughs> you couldn't go to an extracurricular outside of your school blank camp like yeah. you know like now they have these passing academies and all that yeah, so i'm right. sure i'm sure things has changed this was like the yeah. early late 80s early 90s yeah. but i went to north carolina to a fellowship of christian athletes camp that was designed around sports and so when the other kids were doing like the the drills and the skills and things we had to do other stuff and yeah. so one day i remember we were sitting in a room and you know there was probably about 10 of us from texas and through the doors walked Bobby Bowden, you know, and even as a young kid, you know, oh, yeah. I grew up watching Florida state and the Miami rivalries right. and, you know, I knew exactly. I mean, that was he their was. heyday back then. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I mean, he walked in and it was like, you know, the Dalai Lama walking through like a, gold, <laughs> exactly. a golden aura around yeah. him. And, you know, he's got that voice that's just like, you know, it's the, the most Southern thing you've yep. ever heard. Yep. And so he just started talking to us about, you know, about leadership and about being the best version of yourself. And he said a couple of epiphanal things that I kind of recalled once, you know, they announced that he had passed away. And one of the most pivotal things that that lasted with me was the biggest mistake that, that you can make as a human and as a football player and as a, just in life is to continue to practice your mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so he was talking yeah. about, you know, we've all heard that, you know, good is the enemy of great and great is the enemy of excellence. He was like, you know, don't rest and don't stop until you're good as you're great and you're great as you're better and you're better as your best. Yeah. And so he's, you know, and, and we got Bobby Bowden telling you these things. It's yeah, not right. like, it's not like your mom's telling you, <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah, you yeah, just, yeah. just be better. It's There's almost some like heavenly music probably playing in the Absolutely. back. Absolutely. The There's like harps <laughs> and angels and like, and, and you know, you're on the edge of your seat and you're like, yes, sir. And so, yeah. you know, as a young, you know, as a young influential, you know, football player at the time with aspirations to play at the highest level, it was like, I mean, that was the Holy Grail. I remember leaving there and thinking to myself, this was so much more valuable than than what those other guys got. Like, you know, running an out route or, (laughs) you know, or, 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 you know, picking up a block or stuff like that. So I got lucky that it, you know, so that's, that's a good lesson too, is like, oftentimes you think you're being punished for something like we couldn't go play right as a as a young football player what do you want to do you want to play yeah absolutely we got something i got something that has lasted me my entire life yep right you know pretty cool very cool that's awesome story thanks for sharing that absolutely uh well let's talk a little bit more about you for everybody that's that's uh not familiar like uh so in palm springs what do you do what's your story how do you get where where you are today and what is it that you're up to yeah, you know what? I'm a former, you know, a former corporate guy. I grew up like a lot of us thinking that I was supposed to wear a tie and, you know, have an office or a business card and a company card, all that jazz. And I did that um, very unfulfilled, even though, you know, I worked for pharmaceutical companies and, and the biggest, the largest nutritional manufacturers in the world, but I wasn't living a fulfilled life. And so now, you know, fast forward, you know, for the last probably 15, close to 20 years, I've been, you know, running my own business. So I own a actual brick and mortar boutique fitness studio in Palm uh-huh. Desert, which is kind of a kind of a suburb of Palm Springs. Um, I've written two books. I've got my own supplement line. 
and then I do, you know, transformation and, and optimizational coaching for humans. You know, I kind of use fitness and nutrition as a way to get people into my world. Yeah. And then I start working on like the psychology and the mindset yeah. of kind of why they're stuck and, and where they're stuck at. So that's me in a nutshell. I just like to say more than anything, I'm just the guy who gives a shit about other people. Right. And I just I want to see other people win. And so I'll do anything and everything to get myself in front of as many people as possible, just to give them that little glimmer that, you know, they can, they can be and do and have all the things they want. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. What's uh for some reason, I, I just saw one of your books recently. Yeah. Sure you probably posted. What, what is it? Yeah. I've got two books. The first one I wrote is called the overweight mind and it's, I call it the undeniable truth right, behind why you're not child. losing weight. That's yeah, and it's 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 it. all the psychological reasons why people yeah. are stuck with you can't lose weight. And so what the reason I wrote it was this is I had helped people lose hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And then they would go on about their lives and then I would see them later on and it would be like what happened? Right. Like they gained it all back. Yeah. And so after years of doing that I'm like, "Okay, Jay, like we can keep doing this mechanically or yeah. we can really dig into the reasons why people are or are where they are." So that's why I wrote The Overweight Mind. And the second book is called The Purpose of Pain. It's how to turn tragedy into triumph. And that's kind of a little bit of a, of a you know, kind of a, a piece of my story. And then how I used the tragedies of my younger life to kind of catapult me or propel me into, you know, using tragedy as a way to get better and to evolve and, and not allow it to have me stuck and and not evolving as a human. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, they're both really, you know, heavy on mindset and, yeah. you know, being the human you were really born to be regardless of circumstances, challenges, adversities, yeah. et cetera. I love the, the overweight mind. Like I said, when I saw that, I was like, that's awesome. But it's not just, yeah, people do that all the time in, in weight loss, but people do that all the time in life. life. I just came across Andrew Huberman's uh, a video of his. Are you familiar with him at all? Mm -mm, that I no. saw he was just on uh, Rogan, which is maybe part of the reason that one of his videos popped up. But he was just talking, from what I could tell, he's kind of into the neuroscience and like yeah. chemical, like dopamine and, and why, you know, people do certain things. But his message was about, you know, people chasing the result. Like in your case, it's losing the weight and they yeah. lose the weight and, and so tied to the end result of doing that and getting that huge hit that, uh, you're left empty after it and not knowing what to do. And uh, because you didn't tie the dopamine to the journey of the whole process of doing it every single day, you know, you fail and you kind of just fall back. He talks about it in like athletes, you know, how many people have you seen rise to the top in their, their yeah. profession and then never be able to get back there again, or they can't replace that feeling. And it's, it's actually kind of a underwhelming feeling too, when they get there. Right. Yeah. Like, like oh, what oh, now? it's going to be way cooler than actually yeah. what it is. And so it was just really interesting little video clip that I came across today that really kind of plays into that. I, I always tell people like you could take that book and, and remove weight loss from it. And, and yeah. it's, it's the practical, yeah. it's the practical things of why we all struggle with everything that we struggle with. And, you know, I think humans, we like to think that we're vastly different from each other and we're really not like, yeah. you know, and you, you do a lot of speaking as well as I do. I mean, you get the same questions. From, yeah. You could be talking to different audiences, right? You could have a, a, yep. an audience of complete women, an audience of complete men, an audience of 30 year olds, an audience of 70 year olds in various, you know, whatever, and the questions are going to be pretty yeah. similar. They may be asking a different version, but the baseline of the question is pretty, you know, in the same vein. Yep, absolutely, one hundred percent. Well, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Championship leadership 
you know, who are some of those championship leaders that, that have impacted your life? And, uh, you know, more so like, what are some of the characteristics of those individuals that really stand out and maybe that you've even taken to kind of help mold who you are as a leader? Yeah. You know, I'm big on, I'm big on talking about this because I think a lot of times like we look to, you know, we think that people are role models and things of that nature, like sports figures and actors and stuff like that. And I, that couldn't be farther from the truth for me. Like I'm not interested in any of that. Yeah. What's the saying? Like, uh, be careful who you, uh, look up to as role models because if you ever meet them in person you're going to be like extremely uh let down you know (laughs) quick story on that i I, you know i had the opportunity i used to consult for the nfl and the nfl alumni so i've gotten to meet pretty much every player that you and i grew up watching from you know i've I've had lunch with terry bradshaw i've spent an entire day with him oh no way i've met marino elway you know, you name it, like yeah. Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, like I, the list, Lawrence Taylor, the list could go on and on and on. I, I was actually at Don Shula's 80th birthday party. Oh, wow. me, and there's only about 25 of us there. So right. I, when I say I've met these people, I haven't yeah. just said, Oh, Hey, yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. spent time with them and you would be underwhelmed at I mean, with yeah. 90% of the interactions. They're just people guys. They're, they're, people. Just, they're just like <laughs> you and I, they just yeah, yeah. happen to be a little bigger, a little taller, yeah. maybe a little faster and maybe you can do something that, that you haven't maybe crafted or having the opportunity to do. So for me, when I look for leadership, I look for consistency over everything. You know, I think a lot of times in the world that we live in today, like everybody craves a leadership in some fashion, right? Whether it be a mentor or a coach or, or yep. whatever it might be. And the one thing I tell people is when you're looking for a leader, when you're looking for a coach, a mentor, just maybe even somebody just to follow, you know, on, on a social media platform, before you get too invested in that person being the, the guru that you perceive them to be, just do a little, do, do some checks, right? Like, like yeah. what's their consistency been like? Has their messaging changed? You know, a funny thing, one of my clients posted a video of me on YouTube from almost like 12 years ago. Yeah. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, who is this joker? Who is this young? <laughs> kind of fun to watch who, that. Yeah, who's right? this young, who's this young kid? Yeah, who's <laughs> yeah. this young kid? But I said the same thing I'm saying today. Yeah. And so I think there's some value in, in finding those consistent leaders that are they're not, they're not changing their messaging based on the landscape of whatever it is. They're just consistently, you know, and committed to helping people live a better life. So for me, that's one of the number one things. And then I always look for the people that are doing and have done the things that I want to do. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to keep growing and, and exponentially changing my life. And the best way to do that is to have a coach, leader, mentor that is, that has done that. And I think that's when you go back to like the Bobby Bowden story, like, For him to say what he said to us had validity to me because he had, but at that time he had coached thousands and thousands and thousands of people just like me. And so he knew and he knows what the, what the formula is. And so it wasn't like he was a first year coach and he had, you know, there was his first roster of of 80 guys. It was like, he'd been through that time and time and time again. And in the consistency of doing that, crafted him to understand what it was that he was telling us. And so I think there's value in, in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Big time, big time. Yeah. I appreciate that. Those are some, uh, some awesome stories as well. So what's, um, what's your vision? Cause you know, I, I talk like you already brought up Belichick and Saban. I mean, I almost always mention their names when I ask this question, cause to do it at the highest level against the best in the world. And also you kind of, 
you're the target because you have you know. been so consistent every single year and you just continue to find ways to win and to stay because everybody's like a copycat league, right? They're, they're yeah. trying to figure out what you're doing and, and do it themselves. And so you got to stay ahead of that and to consistently be able to stay ahead of that is crazy. Uh, absolutely uh, a form of championship leadership, but I think it's because they have this vision that so many others can't see, but, and they're also just crazy enough to take action on it. Right. They have the courage absolutely. to implement it. So what's the vision and the impact more importantly, that you want to make, let's say, even in the next five years, maybe yeah, five, five years just goes by so fast. Absolutely, I'll, you know, I love, I love again, like the, you know, the Saban, Belichick, you know, those guys is the analogy, and you know, I think one of the things that they, most people are looking to their competition in order to see what they're going to do next. Yeah, and I think the vision word is 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 highly appropriate for both of those guys because I think, well, if I do what my competition's doing. By the time I implement that, figure that out, they're going to be doing something else, right? Yeah, and then what right. am I going to do? And, and that's where most leaders and most people are like, they're chasing that. Whereas when you get a, a, you know, a real leader who's got his own vision, they're so far out in front of that. And that is why they consistently figure out a way to, to always be a little bit ahead or a little bit yep. better than that. And so I take that as kind of my lighthouse for like my life instead of, getting enamored with a social media highlight reel of somebody else that's doing something that I, that I might think is cool or whatever. I'm consistently saying like, what do I need to do to push myself to that next level of, of Jay Nixon, where I'm a little bit uncomfortable, you know, I've got to, I've got to cast this vision and then live into that vision um, in order to get to where it is. I want to go. So the impact that I want to make, man, is like I said earlier, like, I lived a life for a long time. You know, I told you the story, like on my cast, you know, my father got killed when I was five. And then I lost a lot of really, you know, my, my grandfather, my really, one of my really close mentors, and then my best friend committed suicide at 25. And so for that 20 year period, like, I mean, I, chaos would be the best, but best, you know, yeah. no, no vision at all. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. La- lack of vision. And so I know what that's like. And so I think that's a great place for me to look back on and use that tragedy to say, this is what's going to be my triumph. And so I never get caught in the rearview mirror. You know, I might glance up there from time to time, but I'm always visionarily forecasting like what's the next stage of me having the ability to make an impact on somebody else's life. And I can't do that unless I'm consistently trying to broaden my own perspectives and my own belief systems and my, you know, being around people like you and just the other you know, awesome individuals that I get the opportunity by having my own podcast and then being on podcasts is yeah. like, Every time we have a conversation, like I come away with it with a new level of like, okay, well, that's a different way to look at A, B, C, or D. And then I think a lot of people do that. But then for me, implementation is the biggest thing in my life. I think a lot of people ingest, but then they don't implement. Yeah, I'm a radical implementer, meaning yeah. like if I get something. So I don't read a book for, I'm not the kind of guy that's at the end of the year going to be like, hey, I read a hundred books this year and like, you know, get the cheers. It's like, yeah, if yeah. I read two books, and I implement radically a strategy from one or two of those books that propels my life to a different level, so then yeah. I want, then I won, man, because that's going to give me something that nobody else has because they're just reading for sport. I'm reading for application. Yeah. So that's kind of how I look at the next version of me is like, if I consistently keep growing to the next version of who I am, like, and all I care about is this, making a positive impact on the people's lives that I get to see get to hear my voice, get to be around me, get to see something I've read or written or whatever it is. 
that's a win for me. Like, I don't, you know, I don't have, I don't have the visions. I don't need to be somebody, but I want to be somebody influential enough that I might get the opportunity to, to make an impact on your life. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I was just actually just had a podcast with a, a guy yesterday, uh, Doug Lodmel, t- an attorney down in Scottsdale, but he was talking about, we, we got on that topic a little bit of like people consuming information and the, and like how much of information we actually really truly retain, whether it's listening to a podcast, reading a book at a seminar, and it's, it's super low. Like, yeah. and a lot of it, you know, is based on people's current beliefs and what if that doesn't line up with what they they feel they believe in the world right now. And and so to to just consume information to consume it is you know a lot of people have that as a badge, like you say, you see it all the time. Oh, I read a hundred books this year, and it's like, yeah, what did you do with any any of yeah. it? What did you like? Tell me the top five things that you learned from those hundred books. And they, if you called them on the spot, would, would tell, struggle, me, right? tell me what you think about this. I just actually wrote this in my phone before we got on the call, because I had this, this epiphany and it's, you know, most people read or listen to a book once I listen or read to a book sometimes up to 10 times, because I understand that the human, I understand the human brain and its need for immersion. Mm-hmm. And I said, so if I was you, I would stop saying, Oh, I've heard that before. Because all that means is that you haven't changed or evolved since the last time you heard that. So for me, I love hearing things that I've heard before because I'm different than I was the first, second, third, fourth, maybe even hopefully fifth time that I heard them. And that's going to give me the opportunity to use that beautiful nugget to transform my life as opposed to having a whole bag of nuggets in the corner that I don't even know what to do with. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, if you, which brings up another thought for me is like, I always say like, so four of the most dangerous words is I already know that, yeah. or I've already heard that. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you could stay open to, sometimes you'll hear the same thing five different times and hear five different things. Right. If you're like really open to it yep. like, and oh, that just, it just hits different depending on where you're at, what's going yeah. on. And yeah. I think about the repetitiousness too. I mean, you, you played football at a really high level. Like I think about the amount of times that, that I ran the same play in practice. Mm-hmm. Right. Over and over and over and over again, because the difference between a successful play and a non-successful play at the highest level is, is a fraction of a foot. You know, it's the angle that you hit the hole at. It's the speed at which you hit the hole at. It's the, you know what I mean? It's like all those things matter. And unless you can do that repetitiously in your sleep, the likelihood of you being precise enough to make that happen. That's why the highest level is the highest level, right? That's why it's it's the, it's the professional league. And so I think a lot of times people in in the quote unquote real world, if we implemented those same strategies and those same like repetitious things on how we live our lives, then the fractions become so important. And then you get to hit the hole at the precise angle and it makes life so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I usually ask this question, but I think I'm, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I usually ask to talk about like a really critical moment in your life and how had, if you had chosen differently in that moment, you know, what would your life look like? But uh, dude, I got I, a great, I got a beautiful story for that. Okay. I mean, th- well, th- th- well, let's th- hit it. And then I want to, I yeah, do have another question to kind of a little bit way more off topic. And yeah, this is actually point. pivotal in, in my success. And so when I first started my own business, like, you know, I started like, you know, quote unquote, personal training and just having, you know, doing gym. So, you know, I bounced around from like gym to gym to gym, like, you know, bringing my clients with me, didn't have my own facility like I do now. I was in, I was renting the bottom, the basement of a country club here in Palm Desert. If you guys have ever been to Palm Springs, there's like a thousand golf courses and the the country clubs are nice. 
we, we get about an inch and a half of rain out here per year. So this was about, gosh, when was, I think I always have it written down because I like to recall it. This was in 2014. I was in, I was in, um, Lori and I were at a conference and I got a phone call from the country club and they're like, hey man, you're not going to believe this. We've just gotten more rain in the last hour than we've gotten in the last 10 years. And the oh, entire man. basement is flooded, gone, yeah. Yahtzee. It's going to be <laughs> months before we can, we can get this figured out. Five days after that, I was going to Maui for my 40th birthday. So I wasn't even going to be in town to do what I needed to do with my business. So when I came back from Maui, I was going to be businessless, nowhere yeah. to take my clients. Yeah. And so I had to make a decision on, I could have regressed and said, hey, I'll just call somebody up and say, hey, can I come back over there and bring my clients? Or was I going to take the big, bold leap forward and say, hey, this is God in the universe saying, okay, bro, this how seriously are how serious are you about this training yeah, crap? Right, right. And so I had to make the decision sight unseen in Maui, didn't see it. The real estate agent had a cell phone walking around the building <laughs> doing this. And I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah. I've I've been there ever wow. since. And since that day, you guys got to hear this. Since that day, which was a which is which is a big financial commitment, my income has 100 x my life has changed. I hadn't written a book, but I hadn't written a book at that time. I didn't have coaching clients all over the world at that time. It, my life went from, hey, you're just a personal trainer to this explosion of who I'm supposed to be. And it, it was presented to me in the form of a tragedy or an adversity. Right. And I got yeah. the opportunity to turn that into something that's exponentially changed my life. So yeah. I didn't mean to like answer that. No, that's unasked, great. But I feel well, like when that's I saw you light up, I was like, ah, oh, he's got a good story. Cause yeah. uh, man, he could, that could have went so many different ways. You could have chose and totally. many would have chose uh, a few different options other than that one for sure. Yeah. So I love it. That's beautiful. Thank you, man. Um, Cause there's a lot of people in those moments right now and they're trying to figure yeah. out what to do. And yeah, the floods, the floods metaphorical. Here. The flood yeah, is, is totally yeah. metaphorical for whatever it is that you're going through in your life. And you're being presented with two options. It's either I go forward through it or I regress backwards away yeah. from it. Yeah. And if you regress backwards away from it, like we know the result, right? Yeah. We yeah. know what happens. Yeah. Well, all right. I Here's the, the question I was going to ask, which is kind of really off the script, which is fine because I like going off the script. You know, because last time we talked on your podcast, we both played some Juco ball. and like, Yeah. Man, if you haven't played Juco ball, like you really missed out. First of all, <laughs> you just yeah. missed out. Like probably some of the most talented football players on the earth that you never heard of because like they just couldn't get to get to class or whatever it is. Yeah. But like just some phenomenal athletes and just some incredible stories. And so I want to kind of ask you, you kind of asked me this and I feel like I didn't have a great story for you, but, <laughs> but uh but uh, what's a, a great memory you have from playing your JUCO days that uh, and, and then maybe, you know, what's like what's something that you were able to take from it to to uh, help, you know, serve you and what you do today? So, so many, you know, something that just popped into my mind. This is going to be a little stretch, but I but I'm going to tell it because I feel yeah. like it's sometimes when you win the struggle's not over with, right? You still have to, you have to do what, you know, you might have this perception that, okay, I've gotten to where I, kind of what you said a while ago, like I got here, now what? Yeah. So life's always going to give you an opportunity to say, okay, are you, do you really want to be here? Do you really deserve to be here? So I remember this, you know, it was my freshman year of, of Juco ball. And like you said, I mean, some of the dudes are just <laughs> stone cold ballers. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I was never the biggest, fastest, strongest, anything, but I was, I, 
I knew the playbook like the back of my hand, which was which is a running back is essential because if you can't pick up the blitz, you can't play. Right. They brought in this kid. He was about five days late to camp, and he was a stud. I mean, he was you know <laughs> a high school yeah. like track all American whatever. Played my position, and I had two options at that state. I'm like, hey man, this guy's obviously more physically gifted than me. You know. Yep. I mean, nobody, I mean, nobody was denying that the coaches yeah, knew, yeah, it, I right. knew it. He yeah. knew it. Yeah, so yeah. I had to make a decision right there. I was like, okay, I've got, here's my options. I can, I can outwork him, but that's it. I'm not going to be faster than him. I'm not going to be bigger than him, taller, stronger, any of that, but I can outwork him. And so that's what I made the commitment to do that day. And so what happened about 10 days after that, the coaches made a decision. They're like, well, it looks like Jay's going to be the starter in yeah. that position. And yeah. he wasn't going to get to start. He didn't like he, that. He had never in his life been in that position yeah, of adversity. Sure. I had. And yeah. so I knew what it was going to take. Yeah. And so I, I basically, I mean, I, to, I, in his brain, I took his dream away from him. Did because he leave? Was Well, here's what happened. He wasn't willing to outwork me yeah. that day in the locker room. I had to physically fist fight him. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because this is this is this is Juco Ball 101, guys. This is, not, ball right there. this is not unusual. <laughs> no. I'm, in, I'm in my locker. Yeah. And so his his brain goes to, well, if I can't have the position, I'm gonna take it from him physically. Yeah, right. And so I had to make it the second decision yeah. is I had to get in a we got in a physical I mean brawl like you wouldn't believe yeah, in yeah. the locker room, yeah. right? And, you know, in today's world, like everybody with jail, the program. The coach, after it all went down, coach came in. So what happened? Somebody said, this went down, that went down. He's like, are we good? And the kid went home. He left, <laughs> he left, and, yeah. he left and went home, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that was, you know, I did my job. I won the position fair, square, but I still had to take a next step at the end of that. Not because I wanted to, but because yeah. it, was, it, was, it was the only way that that was going to end. And it had to end in that way. And so you know, if you've ever been in that a locker room like that, you understand it. For those of you guys that have it, you're thinking, what the, that happens? Yeah. Yes, that, oh, yeah. yes, yeah. that happens. So that's something I think about because it's, it goes back to that. Sometimes in life, we look at a situation and we're like, I don't know how I'm going to win this, right? And it, it's, I may not have the money. I may not have the, the you know, the skill, the, the knowledge, the team, the whatever. But what you can always do is outwork the problem. Right. And that's what I did. It's like, for me, he was a problem. And I knew that only, the only thing I could do was outwork him. And sometimes, yeah, and crazy. a lot of times that's going to be enough. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was a critical moment for him too. And unfortunately yeah. he decided to leave, but maybe hopefully he's used that. Yeah. Hopefully he landed somewhere else and that was pivotal for in, in his mind and in whatever. And, you know, and the, the oh, second oh, thing, which is the second thing, which is not, not inspirational or anything like that. I watched a, this is Juco. I yeah. watched a 295-pound defensive end on a punt block, on a field goal block. He was the end protector. Yeah. They blocked a punt, and a defensive back picked the ball up and was headed the other way. I watched this 295-pound man walk him down. Yeah. <laughs> and he he ended up he ended up in the league. His name was Devron. Yeah. His name was Devron Williams. He ended up in the NFL. Oh yeah. I, I remember I remember standing on I was like, what? <laughs> what just happened? What just happened? A 300-pound man right. just walked down a a sprinter, and I mean. That was not uncommon either. Like oh, you see shit like that all the time. Super talented. I remember one of our receivers, he was just killing these guys. And he got to the point, like he was running a hitch and go. And he just like, he, he just told him, he's like, 
I'm going to, I'm going to take one step fake, come back to the quarterback. And then I'm going to run right past you for a touchdown, <laughs> like on our sideline, right next to us. And we're like, what is this dude doing? Yeah. Sure enough. Yep. That happens. Step, hit you go. Touchdown. Nothing they could do about it. I was yeah. like, man, this is just a different world right here. So, you know, and speaking of the Patriots, I actually got to play against Michael Bishop. He played at camp. He went from, Oh really? Uh, he went from Bland junior college, which won the national championship when I was there, unfortunately for me. Um, yeah. to Kansas State and then went on to play for the Patriots and had a little bit of stint in the league. He yep. was one of the most gifted human beings yeah, you've ever seen. Maybe, right? It was just, you know, when you see something different, yep. you're like, that's that's <laughs> yeah. different. That's, that's really different. different. So, sure. you know, that, a lot of beautiful memories about that. And, and just, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, I had aspirations to go, you know, D1 right out of out yep. of high school and it didn't happen for me. And you know, I've, I've grown and expanded a lot because it didn't yeah, happen for me. Absolutely. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. Loved yeah, it. Aaron Rodgers played. Yeah. Football, yeah. So. Nobody better, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is really crazy to think about, but well, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate your time. What's uh one last thing. Like if there's one or two things that you could share that if the listeners implemented today would help move their life forward today, what would that be? Yeah. You know, I'm a big believer, a little bit like the story that I said, you know, it's like, I, I want you guys to understand that opportunity, the chances and the wins in your life are oftentimes going to be gift wrapped in the form of adversity. They're not yep. going to show right. up. And so if you, if you want something and you say, Hey, God, universe, I want this. You're often going to be presented the opportunity to get that, but it's going to be having to overcome a challenge or an obstacle or something to get there. And then I think one of the things that I, that I see missing, you know, dramatically in the world that we live in today is just, the self-belief that you that you really can be, do, and have the things that you desire out of life if you're willing to apply. Go back to that story I just talked about outworking that kid. Yeah. If you're willing to outwork the problem, right, and, and, and insert problem for whatever you want it to be, if you're willing to just outwork it, oftentimes, 99% of the time, that's going to be enough to get you through the adversity. And then also the last thing I would leave you with is all adversity is, is an unanswered question. So that day at practice, I had to ask myself a question, mm-hmm. you know, and the question was, what can I do to overcome this adversity? Cause I didn't listen. I, I, I just like him had never sat on the bench a day in my life. Yeah, I started right. every game I'd ever played since yeah. I was T-ball. Right. And so for me, that wasn't an acceptable option. Sitting yeah. on the bench was not going to, I mean, would I have quit the team? No. But right. it wasn't an acceptable option yeah. for me. And so I made the decision, like, the only thing I can do is outwork it. And yeah. so make the decision on what the only thing you can do is burn the boats and just go all in on it. So yeah. that would be my the last thing I leave people would, with. And if you do that, you can live the life you really want to live. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are a few ways uh, we can find more about you and yeah. uh, book and everything else? The simplest thing, everything you can find about me, the books, my podcast, my everything. If you just go to Thrive Forever Fit. So the word thrive, the word forever, the word fit.com. That's my website. You'll see all the books, the podcast, everything I got right there. And so, dude, I appreciate you, man. I mean, you're, you're hey, a rock I star. You. I love, love chatting with you, dude. These are always fun. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks again for being on. All right, brother. See you soon. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. 
till I got back, I feel out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer, we can do anything we want I said it then I meant it, I probably already did Championship Leadership Podcast.